0: I expect I expect I expect I expect the best and nothing less I expect I expect I expect I expect the best and nothing less I expect I expect I expect I expect the best and nothing less I expect I expect I expect
1: possibilities I expect positive energy I expect with no regrets I visualize it all know it's coming yeah I can see the ball drop new year no money I'm everything not partially I'm synergy I reach every dream and love my enemies everything here is a lesson everything that comes to me counts as a blessing Good day, good day. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jay and this is Homeschool Your Kids Podcast. Today we have with us Carrie. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
0: Hi, my name is Carrie. I officially am Carolyn C. Givens, Carolyn Claire Givens. I am one of the owners and founders of Bandersnatch Books a small press publishing company that is dedicated to publishing treasures found off the beaten path for lovers of all that is good, true, and beautiful.
1: Oh, I love that. And off the beaten path, you know, I just introduced, I don't know if you saw, um, I did a episode with uh, Dom. She lives in New York and her organization is called Off the Beaten Path. So that's cool. We should be
0: friends. (laughs) Yeah, she should. You definitely
1: should. Do
0: you homeschool? I don't. I actually don't have kids, but my oh, two co-owners, um, oh, wonderful. <laughs> Annie Beth and Rachel, um Annie Beth and Rachel who are my two co-owners do uh homeschool, um both of them, and then I have nieces and nephews that are homeschooled and oh, okay. I was homeschooled for 1 year out of my uh out of my schooling when we were living overseas when I was a kid.
1: Oh nice. What year was that? What grade? Uh 4th grade. Oh, really? It was so random. Mm-hmm. What, was it just I know. Doing yeah.
0: We just had one year. Li- My parents were missionaries, um, but oh, they worked okay. out of the U.S. office most of the time. But they had one year that they were on a special project living in Asia. We were living in Hong Kong. And uh, so the options for school at that point uh, in Hong Kong for an American system were very limited. Mm. And so they decided that they would homeschool us. And it was actually a really cool method of homeschooling my mom basically just partnered with my elementary school and said what does she need to learn and they handed her a bunch of books and I was officially part of Mrs. Zink's classroom uh they called me the Hong Kong portable um (laughs) but they basically handed her you know they said you know Carrie's been faking it in math so um (laughs) Take her back to the basics and get her up to speed. Uh, they said, you know, English, she needs to learn to write a research paper. She needs to continue to grow. In fourth and grade? Vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and then they said, you know, social studies would have been Michigan history. Uh, mm. So you can skip that. You're living in Asia. Just go explore the world. Um, yes. And then they said, you know, science, she'll get her science again in seventh grade. So don't worry about science.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, so it on. was
0: it was such a cool hands-on educational year.
1: Right. Um
0: and just, you know, I did I had poetry memorization and I had vocabulary books and worksheets that I worked through which were of course my mom had gotten from the British bookstore down the street. So my spelling has been messed up ever since. Um <laughs> all of my research papers I wrote about countries (laughs) we visited in Asia Mm. um so I you know studied up on Taiwan and studied up on Japan and studied up on China as we visited these countries and wrote papers about them and it was a really really fun and then I would go to the market and you know haggle Mm. in Cantonese um (laughs) because that's how I learned my numbers in Cantonese (laughs)
1: that is so dope that's cool that's an amazing experience how long were you there we were there for
0: just one school year it was oh, it was okay. summer to, summer to summer um and um it was just a special project that my parents were on and then we came back to the states and I came back into our our local school system there
1: mm-hmm. okay did you have fun there I
0: did I did I had okay. a great I mean a we had a fantastic district um but I I had such a great school experience as a kid That's um, awesome. growing up outside of Metro Detroit. It's a very international community. And so there were classes in high school where I was the minority and all of my classmates were Indian and Chinese and Japanese. And because you get a lot of engineers and doctors uh, coming from overseas um, to mm-hmm. work in the medical system and then the car companies. And so um, it was, it was such an interesting you know, conglomeration of students and the families in the community that were part of the schools. So we got it. We got a a really good, broad education that way.
1: That's really, really dope. I love that for you. That's I love to hear success stories. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, that's needed. Exactly. Needed. And it does work for some. That's why it does. It does.
0: And for every family, I think, you know, you make the decision that's right for each kid. Yeah. You know, yes. um my colleague Rachel that is part of Vandersnatch they've homeschooled all four for the last few years and then this year they decided the two youngest really needed some 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 of the social aspects of school and so they're now this year the two youngest kids are in an elementary a charter elementary school that's right near them and both of them are thriving in that but the two nice. older boys are are thriving at homeschool. I still homeschool. <laughs> so yes, they're yeah. committed. It's they said now nah, mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yep. We're almost exactly. done.
1: <laughs> We're <Right>. Almost done. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Have a lot more flexibility.
1: <laughs> yes. So Bandersnatch. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, what are you all printing? What's what are you all? Yeah, distributing? So at? we
0: primarily publish fiction um and poetry. So most of our books so far are books for young readers. So we, we, uh, serve a lot of homeschool families because they are looking for good books. We have picture books. We have books for middle grade. We have books for teens and up. And, uh, then we also have poetry kind of for all ages. We are lovers of poetry. And so we try to put out poetry that, you know, mom can pick up and enjoy, but also can read with the family. And, um, our books for younger readers are, like I said, you know, we focus for the off the beaten path for books that for some reason or another are not going to make it in the world of publishing. That mm. might be that they kind of fall between the cracks of genre or fall between the cracks of audience. Um, you know, that, that they are not targeted specifically many of our writers are Christians. They aren't specifically writing for a Christian audience, but they are, may have themes that, um, a general market publisher would say, well, that sounds really Christian. Um, <laughs> and so they're like, well, yeah, that's cause my worldview, <laughs> <laughs> Right. you know, um, or vice versa. I mean, we have, we have one book that is, I mean, it, it's just, it doesn't fit in any box. It mm. is called Gobblebet, and it's a middle grade poetry puzzle picture
1: book Um, it
0: is is an alphabetical murder mystery with goblins Um, okay there are 26 goblins who are on trial for the murder of the goblin king and every single one of them uh, there's the courtroom sketch and his courtroom testimony and the courtroom testimonies have been translated from the ancient goblish and did you know that when you translate from ancient goblish it becomes english poetry um and so okay. there's a little poem and a uh, tree they're so great and then on top of that so there's all these fun poems with you know with the sketch of each goblin and then on top of that there is a puzzle in the text to figure out who actually killed the goblin king
1: Oh, and, awesome. And this the alphabet base, that's why it's 26 yes, of them. so they all yeah, okay. exactly.
0: There's every single goblin starts with a different letter. Just so happens, you know, to to follow the English alphabet. Um, but that's it's one really of those cool. books that is so fun. And so and there is no agenda or message to it. It's just we want to delight in words and in thinking and in cool pictures and all of these things. And um it's so much fun. And like it does not fit in any box. Every single time we have like an in-person booth, we try to set up our books like here's the picture books in one area, here's the books for middle grade in another area, here's the poetry in another area, here's the books for teens, like just so that if somebody is looking for one specific, they can go to one place. We never know where to put Cobblebat. <laughs> We're always like, wait. Okay, so it's not exactly a picture book. So what we- okay, but does it go with poetry? Does it go with middle grade? Does <laughs> I
1: know. But meanwhile,
0: like high school students and college students think it's fabulous. (laughs) That's awesome.
1: (laughs) So So are y'all public? Are y'all a publisher? Also y'all are? Yes. Yes. We are
0: are a publishing house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have um, the three of us owners each have published books through Bandersnatch. And some of that was just that as we were getting started, we decided let's work on our own work first because we have to learn the ropes. And that will help us, you know, mess up on our own things rather than somebody else's work. (laughs) (laughs) And so we did that. We started, we, we began in 2020 and we put out our first book in 2021. Um, But after, you know, getting our three uh, first books out, we started working with other authors. We actually had contracted from the very beginning, um, some other authors and we um, have, we usually have like an open submission period about once a year, Mm. a couple of weeks that we accept submissions and then we review them. We will have one in 2024. I don't know exactly when yet. Um, But we get those submissions from all over. They are sometimes people that we already have connections with through our various networks. There are sometimes, you know, folks that we've met at conventions or at at events. Um, Sometimes it's very much a, someone we know knows somebody and they're like hey you should (laughs) they're accepting you should you know submit your thing um (laughs) and we have authors now that we excuse me um that we publish from all over we have we live locally in in charlotte north carolina but we have authors from our area. We have authors from Vancouver. We have authors from one lives in Ghana, West Africa. Um, (laughs) We have one in Texas. We have some in the Midwest, like all over the place. And so, so it's, you know, it's a broad spectrum of whose books have come to us. And, and there's, we have some criteria on our website of the kinds of things we look for, but what it really comes down to is, is this a book that we can see, we see that the value in it, we see the the delight that it will bring readers, and we also see why it's not going to fit <clears throat> at another publisher. Um, mm-hmm. And so we want to, you know, we want to take it um, and and get it out in the world. We have one coming next year that's a, a middle grade novel in verse. It's called Mari in the Margins, and it's got you it, know, as as a non poet myself, I do not understand how a poet can tell a novel sized story in poetry. <laughs> Like, it's wow. amazing. It's yes. such a remarkable, remarkable gift to me. But I read this book and I was so moved just by the story. And I was, I just knew any, you know, the main character's 12. And I'm like, any nine to 12 year old girl who is feeling like she's sort of in the margins of her life is going to resonate with Mari, who feels like she's kind of shuffled. She's the middle kid of nine. Oh, wow. And everybody sort of forgets about her. Um, and she starts writing poetry in a poetry journal and, she, and her story comes out as she uses this journal. And so there's, there's doodles throughout the book and then poetry that tells the whole story. It's an amazing book. And that sounds fun.
1: I I'm love so books. excited like, get I'm... to put it out. <clears throat> I, I love, I love books, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my my go-to forever, you know, when you get to adulting mm-hmm. and stuff, you don't get to you know, know. <laughs> indulge as much as you would like to. But books, oh my goodness. Yeah. I yeah. It's just they're gifts. All each and every yeah. one of them are really, really exactly. Gifts.
0: And we want to be able to hand families books that they can you know, it's like you said, as an adult, like it's so hard to pre-screen books for your kids. You know, mm. and one of our goals is like to point to the fact that our team that chooses these books, you know, have kids.
1: You know, nice. and have, yes, I have that's and nephews, and you know, my
0: parents or my my coworkers have kids. Um, and you know that we would be able to hand a family a book and say, "You can trust this book." in your kid's hands. It's not yes. going to, you know, I don't whatever the thing is that you're worried about. You know, like this is a book that is there's a lot. Is, <laughs> there's right. A exactly. Lot. There's a lot. Exactly. Oh. You know, we just want to be able to say like this is a book that is just a good book. It's going to point your child to truth, hope, and beauty. Um and it's going to tell them a good story that they can they can live in. One of my one of my favorite readers is uh, my friend's son, Elliot, and he is 10 now. And he was, he is a very precocious reader. So he was only about eight when Rosefire, which was our first book, which is my uh, novel that categorized as young adults, you know, in terms of age level, like it would be a 12 plus
1: audience. Um, is this the one that pro- you publish? This is, is this one yours. Of, yes. That yep, you were yep. yeah Okay. I was gonna cause that was my next question. Which one? Okay, <laughs> what is it?
0: Okay, so yeah, so I actually have two through Bandersnatch. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you about Rosefire first. So Rosefire okay. um is is was our first book that we put out through Bandersnatch, and it's um a, a teen fantasy you know it's a it's a fantasy main audience is teenagers i always say it's great for teens and up it's a huge hit at my parents retirement community so you know (laughs) (laughs) the up works um but the um the premise of it is that there is a kingdom in crisis uh the kingdom is called Asael, and the main narrator of the book is a girl um named karen who is the daughter of a nobleman And on her doorstep arrives a girl named Anya who has no memory, but great skill in magic. And Anya's Mm. arrival starts Karen on a journey rediscovering the ancient writings of the kingdom, which speak about the promised rose. And the rose is to be the hope of the kingdom. And Karen and her brother and her friends begin to wonder if they've found the rose and if um, that is going to be how they, um, you know, help the kingdom that is in crisis mm. um so it's it's a you know kind of a chosen one sort of story um but it's a themes of friendship and sacrifice and love and um has all those things and so then um my so my my friend elliot um who's 10 now he read it when he was eight and he um <laughs> he he just loved that book. And, you know, and so, like, like I said, like, it's appropriate for a younger kid, but he, like, he would sit. I remember his dad telling me, he's like, we were out for lunch and Elliot was just sort of in his own world. And I said, Elliot, what you, what you thinking about? And he goes, I'm just in Gross Fire World. And he's just imagining the characters and thinking about it.
1: Engrossed? I like it. Engrossed, exactly. Yeah, Without the book
0: even in his hands, Like, so that that's so fun to you know to see a kid really engage with a story like that um so yeah so that's that's my first book that we put out and then what we did was we actually republished a book I had uh self-published
1: previously
0: and that one is for younger readers that one would be a chapter book for like lower um lower elementary or as a read aloud it's a great read aloud because it's um nice short chapters that you know you can take 10, yes. 15 minutes and read. And each chapter is somewhat self-contained, but that one's called the King's messenger. And it is the story of Smuggins, who is the messenger for the King. And in every single chapter, Smuggins has a task or is sent on a adventure to take a message. And in those, in those adventures, Smuggins learns more about what it means to be a good servant of the King and more about the King's character. And the King is a good King. Um, and there is, he has an enemy who wants to take over the kingdom from him. And so he has, you know, smuggins is part of a the story. Yes. <laughs> and um, it's very, I, I like to say it's parable-ish. Um, you know, it kind of, it kind of lives in that world of um, allegory or parable or um, almost fables. Like every mm-hmm. single chapter kind of finishes with a statement. That's the, here's the meaning. A moral, Yeah, <laughs> You know, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then all the chapters sort of weave together into, into a whole. So that one's a nice, actually, that Ooh, one I have in my stack of books. Imagine you
1: have over there. I <laughs> love that. Yeah.
0: So here, I'll show you the, I actually have that one right in my stack of books here, but this okay. is the King's messenger. And um, I know that we're on a podcast and the people listening can't. can't oh, well, no, book, you know, but, you I know.
1: do YouTube too. Also. Oh, so you'll get to Look, see. Yeah. Yes. We're in good yes.
0: <laughs> So yes, if you're only listening to the audio, go to YouTube and <laughs> so you and see. subscribe. See the cover. And-
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, and yes, yeah, I know I haven't done that. Yeah. subscribe, like. What is this? Hit the like all button, the share all. Yeah, all that stuff. All
0: well, that. that means then the YouTubers probably just saw my cat walk through as well. So, oh yeah,
1: yeah. Um- <laughs> That's His exactly name so. is Lord
0: Peter Whimsey. He believes in um books surrounding you at all times. Lord Peter Whimsey. Mm-hmm. He's that's a book character. That is from Dorothy Sayers Um Mysteries. Um uh, her main her detective is named Lord Peter Whimsey. And uh, he's one of my favorite characters, and he's described as cat-like. And so when you get a cat, you know, you, you name him died. after my philosophy on cat names is it should be favorite characters or little old lady names. I, that's, those are your two best options. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> well, I don't plan to get a cat, but I will definitely, like, <laughs> tell all my friends that, like, hey, that sounds good. it has to sounds be a just favorite character.
0: Favorite character oh. or little old lady. <laughs> yeah.
1: Strategize, please, like, exactly. don't, exactly. yes nice i love oh I, you are just sitting in there floating around with all this lovely world of make-believe and oh, imagination it's a lot of fun, it's a lot of fun. I, hmm. so are y'all christian are y'all christian based because i heard you mention christian earlier. yeah
0: so we we are all christians um okay we we actually specifically don't publish books that are um that, that a Christian publisher would publish because we oh, okay. want to look for those books that are off the beaten path. So if it is something that is a very message laden um, book, it's not going to be um, not going to be the right fit for us, like maybe a great book, <laughs> but but it's just not the right fit for us. for us. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so um, we are looking, you know, as we look for books and the kinds of books that we publish, um, we're thinking about good stories. We're thinking about hopeful themes. Um we're thinking about, you know, redemption stories. But uh, you know, it doesn't need to have a a God figure in it, you know, um, and that sort of thing. So okay do you have children, authors We our youngest author is about twenty. Um okay. she wrote the book as a teenager. <laughs> Um, But uh, you know, of course it takes time to to put a book out in the world. Um, but I you know, ideally we would want a little bit of maturity, but again, like we we read their submissions pretty much blind. Like we have, you know, the person's info and can like look up their social media and something like that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, you know, that that's an example that I read that manuscript and I loved the manuscript. Um it's called the Balter of Ashton Harper. And, um, you know, just reading it and even the themes that she processes in that book, I was, when we met her and got to know her and, um, you know, started talking about publishing her book, she was maybe 18 at that point. And I I just said to her, I was like, I was like, how, how did you, what experience in your life led <laughs> you to be talking about these themes of like disappointed hopes and things mm. like that? Because I was like, you're only 18. Right. And she, for her, happened? it came out of, right, exactly. For her, it came out of 2020 that she was oh, finishing okay. high school. Oh. She was like on her way to, you know, being able to, um, she was going to speak at her first writers conference. She published her first book book as a 13 year old. Um, very precocious homeschooler. <laughs> yes. Um, and and really dedicated, like very, very focused on uh, growing her craft as a mm. writer. Um her name's Millie Florence, and um she in 2020 it was like she was on on the path to like speak at the writers' conference that she had attended as a young writer, you know, and and like all of these things that were about to happen and then everything wow. closed down and so that disappointment of like here's this dream that she had of pursuing writing and you know it felt like in the moment of 2020 yes. like it was gone yes. um and so for her that's where the story came out of um that she has this boy a balter is or to balter is the verb is to dance artlessly but with great enjoyment Um and her it's a Regency era historical fantasy, and her main character Regency era
1: historical historical fantasy fantasy. okay. Mm -hmm.
0: And her main character is a boy named Ashton Harper, who has three problems and two of them are his sisters, (laughs) and and the third one is that he desperately wants to get into or Overmorrow Academy for the Arts, which where he will become a great ballroom dancer. And um getting it into the academy is hard. And he's concerned that if he hopes for it, if he if he lets himself hope for this dream, um that if it he's gonna be disappointed and and it may break him. And that's kind of you know, they they leave to to he and his both his sisters leave to try and travel to overmorrow, um, or to travel to overmorrow to audition for the school and of course you know magic interrupts their trip and everything goes wrong um (laughs) but it's such an incredible book and with such really rich deep themes and uh we you know get the opportunity to highlight a young author um and help her you know reach a new audience that you know yeah. she had self-published already but she now is able to and it's it's neat to see like her story now that here we are yeah. three years later from 2020 and she's she's pursuing her dream of writing and yeah you know so
1: so dreams are not always disappointed yeah I was like gonna say, all wasn't lost I know right. for, the, for seniors 2020 oh my goodness that was mm-hmm. really bleak that was um I was still t- in the classroom at that time, okay. so okay. it was definitely a disappointing year for a lot of yeah. um, teenagers yeah. at that time, so I can yeah. definitely, um, yeah. I understand, so yep. that's awesome that she took the time to create with that, mm-hmm. like, you know, exactly. she used that energy to create something and release exactly. um, what she was feeling, so a lot of a lot of young people didn't have those type of outlets or didn't think about those type of outlets, right. so right that's that's awesome but y'all seem like y'all y'all titter outside of the box of religion in general because y'all you know i hear a lot of talk of magic mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah so and that's, that's one cause... of the
0: mm-hmm. and that that's definitely one of the things that you know historically i, I don't mm-hmm. i don't know that any brick and mortar christian bookstores exist anymore i mean there may be some independent ones um <laughs> but historically some of the big you know well known that the major christian publishers were putting their books into the bookstores had rules about mm-hmm. you know having magic in books yeah. and so that meant that the christian publisher didn't accept a book because they knew it wouldn't sell in the bookstore that they put their books in it, yeah. um and so you know that's that's sad to to think that because again with the off the beaten path idea um there are stories out there i mean Lewis Tolkien you know these great authors that are just renowned like whether (laughs) whether you agree with their beliefs or not they are renowned writers who tell great stories and they use the world of fantasy you know the worlds of fantasy and myth and you know all of these things to um to kind of shape their stories and those things give, you know, for somebody who has a Christian worldview, essentially you have a supernatural worldview. Mm-hmm. You know, you you think, okay, there is something beyond this material world. Like that's the baseline of, you know, of, of a Christian worldview is there, is there is something beyond this material world um, that is outside of me <laughs> um, that exists. And so, okay, let me put that into a story. Well, how do I translate that? And it's it's hard, you know, it's really hard. And and I think we see this throughout throughout all forms of storytelling, you know, TV, movies, et cetera. It's really hard to display Christian faith well <laughs> um, mm-hmm. without it seeming heavy-handed or without it being, you know, it's not. my mom made the observation one time that she's like, why is it that in all TV shows, Christians are always Catholic? Mm. Like, Not always, but almost, you know, you often see that. And one of the things as we discussed it that we realized was Catholicism tends to have more visual representation of their faith. There are altars where you light candles and pray. There are, you know, priests with...
1: As opposed to. So it's kind of more to depict, as far as like setting the scene. There's something visual. Yeah. There's
0: something, and there's something to show, you know, rather than um, someone who isn't in a high church, and and Catholicism would fit within the category of high church, um, someone who's in a more low church uh, denomination of Christianity, something that doesn't have some of those visual activities, you know, for them, prayer might be they're driving in their car. Mm -hmm. and they're just talking to Jesus and like that's hard to show um, (laughs) visually yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know so anyway all that to say like um magic winds up being a a visual and, and can become kind of a representational of a um a supernatural worldview. And so, you know, so there are some really great books out there written by people who are of a Christian worldview from a Christian faith perspective. They aren't specifically writing about God or about yes. Christianity or, you know, even necessarily with an agenda to convert. They are simply yes. wanting to tell a great story, but because they come from a Christian worldview perspective, that great story is going to come through, you know, the lens, that lens, that's the yeah, lens they're course. going to tell their story through. And so then often it winds up coming out in in a more fantastic sort of environment. So yeah, so that's, and 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 Christian publishing doesn't know what to do. Traditional Christian publishing doesn't know what to do with that. And general market publishing feels like, it seems like there's something going on here.
1: <laughs> And they don't quite
0: know what to do with that and so that's why those books tend to fall in between and, and in the cracks and where we found ourselves y'all success.
1: I was gonna say yes y'all are in the crack waiting like
0: <laughs> exactly we got you no
1: worries <laughs> I'm here exactly. we got you <laughs> nice I'm glad that y'all like you know stepping out off the beaten path like you said yeah off the beaten yeah path. Yes, that's important that's important because like fiction is fiction it's about your imaginations, about like exactly. the wonders of your mind in general and yeah I, I get the lens that it's coming from but mm-hmm. you know we there's so many there's so much like that you can right. write about like
0: <laughs> exactly and and I feel like I love um I don't know if you know the author Matali Perkins uh mm-hmm. she's an Indian American author she lives out in California she's amazing love her so much um but she talks about being a what's her phrase that she uses well she has a book called steeped in stories um that is an excellent it's an excellent book for someone who is looking at classical you know classic literature like anne of green gables or um Francis Hodgson Burnett or you know some of these authors that like they're part of the you know the standard curriculum of classic yeah, literature I, and in, the in I
1: 2020 like. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta but do in... it I have my degrees in English so I, I read a lot mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. classical literature yeah <laughs> a lot. yeah
0: well and what she does in this book is she says she says okay so how do we because some of these books have problematic elements in them Mm. um that we recognize that in 2023 whether that's racism or you know misogyny or you know whatever it happens to be these elements exist within these books that are from the 1800s or the early 1900s so how do we address that how do we how do we navigate that in 2023 and her book steeped in stories she takes um six I think of those books that she grew up on they were her favorites as a child growing up she came to this country as an immigrant in elementary school um, mm. from India and she's like I read a bunch of books by white people because that's what was at the library mm. <laughs> and, you know and she's like and as a little brown girl um you know I was steeped in these stories but she talks about being mm. a well um oh gracious what's her phrase? basically a well-read child a, a many-booked mm. child I like that many (laughs) books right exactly by having this breadth of books she Mm. saw these different perspectives and so now as an adult and as a children's writer she's able to look at these books and say okay I understand what is problematic in these books I understand what is valuable in these books and if it is a book that the bones are problematic the entire thing Uh comes from you know then no it's probably not worth reading to our children today but if it is a book that in its bones has a good heart (laughs) you know has a good a good direction and something you know something we want to hold up for our children but it has problematic elements then it's an opportunity to read the book with our children and to help Uh them process what is, you know, how do you feel when you see a brown person described with stereotypes, mm-hmm. um, you know, or like, and help them understand that, okay, this is not, not the way to do that, but mm-hmm. we can appreciate a whole story without, you know, we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. I go was ahead. On this one book that I don't know, have you read of Mice and Men*?
0: Um, many, many years ago. Do I remember okay. details? No. Yes, <laughs> I
1: know. Continue. I know it was with Lenny and, um, I can't think of the other main character, but I, I know mm-hmm. I read it a few years back with my students. Um, right. But that was one of our required and the one they had, literally had one Black character and mm-hmm. the way that he was described was definitely very derogatory. But, um, I like your, like, you know, the, like, let's talk about Let's talk about yeah, if he was yeah. he was something different. Like let's talk about let's let's even what else could he have been called? Because just his name alone was was the issue. So right. it's just right. like, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, how do
0: you engage? And so I think like, you know, but that idea of a many booked child, you know, a, a child who mm-hmm. has a broad spectrum of their reading is going to start to to notice those things themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't even have to be their parent or their teacher. Or if the parent is their teacher, Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily like directed to them. You know, that child who is reading a broad spectrum of books is going to begin to recognize um, those things. And so, you know, you don't you don't if you only read one kind of book, whatever kind that is, if you only read one kind of book, your viewpoint becomes narrower and narrower. Very much so. That's just like
1: music yeah. listening right. to one kind of music like right. an artist wouldn't like a musical artist someone who's a singer or, or mm-hmm. plays instrument or you know just anything in the musical field they want not just listen to one genre of music exactly exactly
0: you know even if the what they are producing you know if they're a hip-hop artist like they're producing hip-hop
1: yes but they still want to pull base, from yeah.
0: exactly exactly i have a good number of friends that are that are artists you know m- musicians and it's so fascinating to me when they start talking about the music they listen to, because I'm like, you're like a singer songwriter, you know, you're a, a white boy with a guitar, like, <laughs> I'm like, and and yet Drake is one of your favorite, you know, or whatever, yeah. You know? <laughs> and they're, I mean, their their intake of musical styles is broader, so much broader than yes. mine. Um. But then if I translate that into books, it's like, okay, yeah, I want to read modern fiction. I want to read classical fiction. I want to read poetry. Yes. I want to read Shakespeare. I want to read um, indigenous stories. I want to, re- you know, like I want to get all of these things um, and bring them together into, into a tea that I will steep in so that when yes. I tell my stories to steal my tallies, uh, <laughs>
1: and stuff i know i love that title I'm, it's, I'm a great, intrigued it's a great it's a great i should have been should have been taking notes i'm gonna have to run this back and write down Fortunately, all you've recorded it bro. yes exactly that's why i'm gonna <laughs> have to run it back and just write down all these titles but that's cool that's, that's awesome and i love like once again off the beaten path i love mm-hmm. what you all are doing game Thank changers you. like not not a restriction of of um religion like you know like it could it could be a core basis but it doesn't have to be the overall like right right message and
0: and I just I think so much fiction being written today especially for children from every perspective is pushing an agenda Mm. and we've sort of forgotten to tell just just tell good stories yeah like like tell good stories and the truth and the beauty of the world will bubble to the surface. If you just tell a good story and, you know, set aside your need to get your message across. Right. Um, And, you know, I, I just, I read so much fiction. That's just exhausting Mm. because it's trying to teach me something, (laughs) you know, (laughs) And I'm like, I really just want to live with, I want to be my friend Elliot, you know, sitting with these characters in my head and spending time with them in my heart. Like I, you know, I grew up reading Madeline Angle. She's one of my favorite authors and was one of my favorites as a, as a teen and a kid and her, um, uh, meet the austin's book series mm-hmm. her austin series austin family books um are realistic fiction her main character is a teenage girl and you know i read those books in middle school when i was about the age of of her character vicky and like i like have had that those characters have been my friends Forever. you know, the whole way through my life. And I can go back and here's the great thing. You know, my human friends, they, they change over time. And I mean, that's wonderful for them, but sometimes I just want like the people who don't change. Like I want to just go back to where I was and guess what? My book friends, they never change. <laughs> 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 I, they do a little because I change. And so then my right. perspective on them changes, I but in general, they i know grow. how they're gonna behave yes, yes
1: i love that yes i didn't even think about that yeah my book friends yeah
0: my book friends i did a session at a at a homeschool conference last year called i met i met my best friends in books and yes. and i was like what cracked me up was i i pitched it as like rec- book recommendations for girls nine to sixteen and literally half of the room was a bunch of teenage boys and i was like okay guys i'm gonna expand this and say you need to read more books about girls right
1: <laughs> you get a little more profound understanding like exactly. it'll give you more of a little insight i mean we'll help you right <laughs> future endeavors Like <laughs> dating comes about you'll have some, right. things, some material to talk about like See, you, be like, you read that <laughs> <laughs> oh game changer nice yeah. so where can we find Ben Vanderbilt
0: Bandersnatch Snatch. <laughs> so as let soon me, as oh, I released
1: first, it I was like that's not you, right that's <laughs> not
0: right but I I like it I like it I like the uh you know the intersection with the great family of of america um (laughs) so so i'll give you first the background so that so that you've got some an anchor to hang it on to remember what it is so um the original source of the bandersnatch is in uh uh, lewis carroll's jabberwocky poem which is in the second alice book it's alice through the looking glass and in that the jabberwocky encounters a frumius bandersnatch
1: um, okay, because I I was wondering where the name came from. I yeah, definitely yeah. Was. So
0: so speaking of books off the beaten path, Lewis Carroll and Alice in Wonderland would definitely uh, fit that category. Yes. Um, and then we actually borrowed it secondhand because um, C.S. Lewis once said about J.R. Tolkien, "No one can influence Tolkien. You might as well try to influence a bandersnatch." And we were greatly inspired by the inklings bet, yeah. um, in our work and wanted you know this idea of doing it in community there's a woman named diana glier that wrote a book about how they worked in community in community with the other inklings and her title of her book is bandersnatch okay Um, so that was how we kind of came to the name sort of you know all of the references work for us. So we are, um, we are online at Bandersnatch Books and that's exactly how you think it's spelled. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) BandersnatchBooks.com. Um, and then we are also on social media. We're on Instagram and on Facebook, also Bandersnatch Books, uh, for both of those. And I'm not sure how quickly your podcasts, um, turnaround time is
1: yeah um i know i have a i have a few uh, quite a few in reserve so it'll probably be i'm gonna say the beginning of the year
0: okay okay so i won't talk about our holiday sales um <laughs> but but we do have we have a store on our website and then our books are also available on Amazon. Um okay. um and then in some independent bookstores we're we're always trying to build more relationships with independent bookstores and get our books out there. Um and it's the you know our books are a library is is able to order our books. Um so if you want one of our books and don't you know don't have the money to buy it just ask your library if they can reach out to us and order a copy and um
1: we go from there. Nice. You gave social media.
0: Yeah. So it's Bandersnatch Books at Bandersnatch. Uh, Instagram and and on Facebook as well.
1: Awesome. And I'll always need at least three things you would tell parents like it can be in, in regard now since you don't homeschool. However, you have been homeschool, even if it I was just been, a year. And so I've, got you,
0: a, I've got a good number of homeschool kids in my life. So exactly. <laughs> So, so go ahead and give I've us three,
1: <laughs> three pieces of advice, um, words of inspiration, motivation, anything, just yeah. you know, three things you yeah. would like to leave parents with. I mean, I think...
0: To go back to my experience as a homeschool kid, one of the things my mom leaned into that year uh, that we homeschooled was memorization. You know, she said, Mm -hmm. she's like, Carrie's at an age right now where she's a sponge and she can memorize things. And so every single day I was working on a poem or a passage of scripture or, um, you know, just a prose passage to memorize. And I still, you know, we're talking 30 years later, I still have those in my head and they come to the surface. Um, And that's just such a rich, rich heritage to, to have. So, especially if you've got those elementary age kids that are kind of at that sponge age, Mm. um, you know, help them memorize, you know, memorize poetry, memorize songs, um, find if, you know, if, if, if you're wanting them to memorize scripture, there are great uh music, musicians out there that are creating songs that are straight scripture. And that's oh. for me, you know, if, if you put it to music and, you know, I have those words in my head forever.
1: Um, yeah, that's a lot know. of, that's a, a lot of people, especially young mm-hmm. people. They, a mm-hmm. lot of people are trying to reach kids in that way. Yeah. Like, Hey, yeah. put a beat behind it. Look, put right, a beat, Put right. a beat behind exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. Yes.
0: I always recommend there's an, um, an artist named Slugs and Bugs um, I always recommend bugs. slugs and bugs for kids music. He's great. His name's Randall Goodgame, game. Um, and he creates great stuff, but nice. um, so that would be one lean into memorization um, mm-hmm. as much as you can. And, and just, you know, even if they don't do it perfectly, like just having the gist of Hamlet's soliloquy in my brain, um, you know, um, is Hamlet. Like, yes. I recognize <laughs> that like, it's a cultural touch point. Um, and I think that probably would be the second is, you know, think broadly in your cultural touch points. Um, think about in incorporating other cultures. You know, it doesn't need to just be Western European culture, um, but help, help your kid learn about the whole world and the cultures yes. of the whole world, um, both historic and popular culture. And, you know, just steep them in those things and that then can percolate into something new and if you've yes. got a kid that's a you know a a future writer like that's going to help them tell better stories yes. Um and so that yeah I guess part two there and then I'd say for part three is you know if you do have a child that is a precocious writer or storyteller and wants to tell stories like encourage that encourage.
1: like
0: let them let that now be not writing. later now yeah. not writing let that be their writing assignments don't worry about publication like publication can come whenever that's not the goal for a young writer a young writer's goal should be just to grow as a writer mm-hmm. read lots of good books um can, you know, continue to write, find other young writers that they can go back and forth with. Two of my nieces are, you know, high school, well, one's now in college, but as they were in high school as homeschoolers, they have had a community of young writers and they have had like the tools that they have with the internet these days. It's so amazing (laughs) because like my nieces were all working. They, they each had stories that they wanted to work on along with some other friends. And they were like, you know, I really feel like I need to develop my characters more. And so they created yeah. a Google doc. They said, here's the premise of a story and we're each going to put one of our characters into this story.
1: Oh, that's okay.
0: they co-wrote it in a Google doc to just sort of like, here's what my character says, but then somebody else answers from their character's perspective. Mm-hmm. And that gives you something to work against as you're building out who your character is. And I'm like- That's such an incredible exercise for developing a character in a fiction story is, you know, not just working in my own brain, but also working up against someone else's. And so, you know, so get your kids connected with other young writers in, you know, in safe online, you know, however you, you, whether that's an in-person community or whether you can create some sort of, um, locked down safe online community for them, um, you Know, but get them engaging with other young writers so that they can sharpen their work,
1: um, against, against another writer. Yeah, you just light bulb me, girl. Like, that's that's a beautiful idea. Cool? Um, yeah, I know. Yes, 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 you can even do that with scripts or, um, yeah, movies, like plays and stuff. Yeah, uh, we I, can yeah, collaborate
0: definitely. so much easier than we used to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, like I think that. back.
0: I think back to college, my friends and I wrote a story together in college. And it was like, you would write a section and then email it out to everybody. And then like the next person would write a section and email it out to everybody. And like, first off, you had to write a long section because you were spending time to email it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, now my nieces are literally doing that line by line in a shared doc.
1: Like, yeah, and the whole thing is
0: there. You don't have to yeah. go back to a previous email. <laughs>
1: I know, and try to copy and paste things together right. and stuff. Yes, right. way different, way different yeah. now. Game yeah. changers. Google Docs, definitely a game yeah. changer. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. You. I'm excited. So open submission will be next year.
0: Yeah, the best way to learn about our submissions is to get that's on our okay. email list. The email list is okay. always the first people to know. And from our website, there's an I want email updates button. Um, and that's how you get on the list. Um, and yeah, our email list is always first to know about submissions. They're always first to know about sales. Um, so that's the best best place to... to um, keep track of us uh and not lose us too much in the social media morass
1: <laughs> right you there'll be a lot going on a, whole lot. There
0: a whole is, lot there is there is and we don't overwhelm with emails because i know what it's like to get way too many emails so right. i try not yeah, but... to send too many <laughs> Yes, yes,
1: yes. Okay, Bandersnatch. Okay, y'all tap in. Anyone can write. Really, really, we all have these beautiful imaginations as long as mm-hmm. we don't limit ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. We could definitely produce some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. And go back to those childhood stories because you know a lot of yeah. us have written or started something as a teenager or younger or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, go back and look at some things and remember But yes, Yes. Bandersnatch needs some more books. And you see that they're (laughs) all broad range. They're not limited. So if you guys want to publish something with them, like go visit their website and check out some of their cool authors they already have. Because I'm very intrigued by a lot of those titles and and premises. So really dope. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you parents keep going keep believing keep trusting you got this um keep keep tapping into all the resources books are wonders they really are um a lot of our days are just spent with books and actually i was already thinking like oh we we'll probably go to the library today so <laughs> it's wonderful this conversation because i'm like oh yeah no we're really gonna go to the library today now
0: <laughs> i like it yeah, i like it
1: books books take you everywhere and that's Like, even if you just sit with your kids and read to them daily, like that, what they learn in that time is, is really substantial Mm -hmm. and, um, it makes a huge, huge difference. It doesn't have to look like a worksheet or some kind of perfect curriculum for your child to be actually learning. So just tap into the books, (laughs) find the books. Yes. Find the books. but Homeschool your kids. we we'll